and bounce. Beautiful stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I'm Ella Dove, Director of Creative Development here at Well and & Good and your host. And today we were talking about our preoccupation with protein. I feel like protein gets more good press than any other food, macro, micro, nutrient, vitamin, or superfood combined. I mean, you can literally select protein as a life interest on Pinterest. Since when is protein a life interest? But our preoccupation with protein is even bigger than just an individual's Pinterest habits. According to Allied Market Research, protein supplementation is expected to grow into a $3.6 billion industry by 2028. And just to be clear, that number, $3.6 billion, doesn't even include the many animal and plant products ramping up output that are naturally high in protein. That's just protein supplements. And don't even get me started on the number of fad diets that revolve around protein. Why though? Are we not getting enough protein as a population? Is protein really the key to optimal health? Or is this preoccupation just another trick of diet culture? Today, we're diving into just that. To begin, I sat down with Yasiana Sari, who is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and national media spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Just, you know, to get the basics. Protein is really important in our lives. So protein, for example, they're the building blocks of life. Amino acids make up proteins and they help with a variety of different functions within the body. They make up our organs. They they help with supporting our immune system. And I said supporting, not boosting. Um, but they also, you know, they help with lean body tissue. They do help with recovery from an injury, from a hard workout. Protein also helps keep us full for a longer period of time. Protein helps with our hair, nails. It helps prevent fatigue. And it, it also helps to provide some energy too for us throughout the day. So how much protein do we really need? Are Americans getting enough? In general, Americans are meeting their protein needs, especially in the adult years. And according to the Institute of Medicine, our protein requirements are somewhere around 46 grams to 56, depending on our gender. And 
It's funny because most Americans are meeting like 90 grams a day. So each person's needs are very different depending on the level of activity, their health status, their gender, their body size. So if you, um, you know, depending on your body size, you may need more protein than someone who has a different size. You know, each person's needs are so individualized. And in general, I don't think most people need to be worried about getting their protein needs met if they are the average person. The only times that you may need to worry are if you may not be having a good appetite, you're changing your diet, you are injured, you um, may be struggling with a certain disease state. So people who may, um, you know, be diagnosed with cancer or other um, chronic diseases may need more protein to be able to heal during that part of their, their recovery process. And so I had to ask, what does a healthy day of protein consumption look like? And let me tell you, it's not as hard as the aisles of protein-infused products would lead you to believe. When it comes to meal planning, you want to focus on getting consistent amounts of protein throughout the day at your meals, but also aiming for somewhere between 20 to 35 grams of protein at each sitting. Anything more than that, you may be overdoing it and you're not actually contributing to lean body mass. Um, and you're actually using it for other processes within the body. One thing to keep in mind is consistency of protein is extremely important. So if you're having like 10 grams at breakfast and then you're having 30 grams at lunch, it's not going to do much for you. you got to stay consistent mm-hmm. with your protein intake. Try to aim for that 20 to, to 35 grams per sitting at every meal and snack if you are someone who is looking for building more lean body tissue. Um, And I will say for older active individuals, they actually may need more protein than someone in their 30s. So in general, and remember like the average person, they could probably meet their protein needs within two to three meals. If you were a high level training individual, then you can meet your needs in about three to four meals a day. And so What that might look like would be for breakfast, consuming three eggs, so like a three-egg scramble, for example, with lots of vegetables and a side of toast and fruit. That would be an example of meeting your protein. And remember, you can also get your protein needs from, from bread, from yogurt, even some avocado. Avocado can provide like two to four grams of protein. A snack may be Greek yogurt and some fruit. If you were more plant-based, you could do a tofu salad um, with beans in it and then do a side of like chips and guacamole, for example. Um, You could do veggie tacos with avocado and then also pairing that up with some pita chips and hummus, for example. Those are, you know, just kind of thinking about how we can add more protein and be creative with it. So just to jump in here with a little recap, basically what you're saying is it's not that hard to get 25 to 30 grams of protein in a given snack or meal. Like for example, a cup of Greek yogurt has 20 grams of protein. A slice of sourdough has eight grams of protein. Two slices of bread, you're like halfway there. Each body is different. So something that I'm gonna be recommending is connecting with a registered dietitian nutritionist set up a session with someone who is qualified to give you nutrition advice and they can help individualize a plan to you and the types of workouts you're taking part in, your health status, and some of your own health goals. Um, And they can set up a whole individualized plan to help you meet your needs.
Our collective preoccupation with protein goes way beyond science lesson. Protein can seem downright righteous. Like, can protein do any wrong? Bridget Zeitlin, RD, shares her thoughts on why we are so focused on protein consumption and where, frankly, we might just be falling victim to a bunch of BS. I am Bridget Zeitlin. I am a registered dietitian and women's health coach. So I think so much of our obsession about protein and the marketing around it is because we have a tremendous amount of fad diets, restrictive diets, fad diets, every single one of them, protein is the star of the show for every single fad diet around. And when you are a repeat offender or you are a, a serial dieter, you are a, a lifetime dieter, you, you tune into that protein, protein, protein. And also in that arc of fad diets, carbohydrates are notoriously demonized. So now we have the rise of like one food group over another. And so we just kind of gravitate towards, oh, whether it's subconscious or consciously, protein must be king. Like miracle claims that are on every box or random supplements. Like if it sounds too good to be true, we know it is too good to be true right? Like we've all dated that person. They're great on paper. They don't really materialize in real life. It's the same thing. It's going to be great on paper, but it's not going to materialize in your life, in your health goals in the same way. If you have read a magazine, if you've watched the Today Show, anything, everywhere, whether you're trying to do the diet yourself or not, your best friend is doing it, your sister is doing it, your boyfriend's doing it, like the, whomever is doing what, you are automatically a sponge. And our brains make sense of things. Our brains connect dots naturally. That's that's what they do. And so your brain is connecting the dots of, oh, protein's allowed in that diet. Protein's allowed in that diet. Carbs aren't allowed in either of those diets. Protein must be better. Like that's where our brains just do that as that's how they keep us alive. Is protein better than fats and carbs? Absolutely not. All of our food groups matter. Every single one of them matters for your body, for your organs, for your health, for your skin, your hair, your nails, like for your aging, for your mind, for your cognition, for your alertness, for your memory, like for your energy. Every single fucking one matters and is important. And any diet that demonizes one food group or eliminates a food group, that should be a big red flag to you as a consumer. Anything that's eliminating or restricting one food group is, is like a huge, huge. Why is this even a question? I'm Valerie Adjamine. I am a DC-based women's health dietitian, the host of Flourish Heights podcast and the founder of Flourish Heights. Basically, it's a women's nutrition practice and digital platform, also community, where I'm just pretty much empowering women to build more confidence in their food choices while shining the light on overlooked topics like periods, body awareness, women's nutrition, all the things we can't stop talking about. We need all of these macronutrients. We need all of it for body function. They all have its own unique role and purpose to support our body for many different things. So there's not one that's better than the other. We need to think about getting all of them into our eating routine. There's this huge market 
of supplements and bars and everything that constantly sell us protein. Why do you think that market has become so big? Why are we so obsessed with protein? First of all, I'm just tired of it. (laughs) Everywhere I look, there's like a new protein product that will say, you know, quote unquote, high in protein. That's the last thing I've seen pop up was protein water. And I was just like, you guys are just taking it way too far. Now, protein cookies, protein popcorn, protein fruit snacks, you name it, it's probably out there or in the works. For an individual with no health concerns, you know, you're pretty healthy. It's very unnecessary and you're probably overdoing it on protein. I've seen that quite a lot, especially with some of my clients. And the thing with diet culture, it makes it seem like you're you're doing something wrong or you're not doing enough of something or you need to fix yourself, fix your diet, fix your body, whatever, buy a new product that you apparently need, buy a new supplement, the list goes on. And that's mainstream wellness for you. I mean, it's a $71 billion industry. It's just a way to profit. In my opinion, I think it's also true, very true. So you would think there's this like protein deficiency that all these food brands are marketing, like they're trying to solve this issue, right? And that's not the case. You know, like a past client of mine followed this influencer, you know, Instagram, um, had no credentials. She was basically telling her followers that they all needed to have some crazy amount of protein per day. I think it was like 150 grams or something crazy like that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so these days we are like completely inundated with unreliable information. These uncredentialed influencers give us advice on everything. There are health claims out the wazoo, and labels are often half marketing and half actual nutritional fact. So how can we become savvier consumers and find products that truly support our health? Everyone has their own unique needs based on like so many factors. You know, so people have to be really careful about where you're getting your nutrition information from. And, you know, when you see these products, study the label. I mean, like look at the label, you know, before digging into all these types of things like on the market, just because the product says it's high protein. Hey, it doesn't, doesn't mean it's, you know, healthy all around. I think it also goes back to like what your goals are. So something like a protein powder, one thing that people actually don't look at is the label. They think, you know, high protein, whatever, but then it ends up being something that has a bunch of like fillers and sweeteners and whatever, you know, high sugar. And so let's say if you're trying to like balance your blood sugars and you get a high protein drink, look at the sugar, how much added sugar, you know, it's in it because it may be doing the opposite for what your goals are. Um, But ideally when it comes to like, you know, protein shakes and things, um, 
I would say look for products that have like 15 to 30 grams of high quality protein per serving, just depending on your health status, your exercise level, your dietary preferences. That amount is pretty, it's it's good enough to support you know, your activity levels throughout the day. I mean, there's so many different products out there. So sometimes it's hard to like get back to like, you know, which one you should be looking for. But, you know, when I, I always look for the ones that have like quality ingredients and complete sources of protein. I also look for ones that just pack in other ingredients and nutrients as well that can support your muscles and give you the you know, the long lasting energy that you meet. I think the bigger issue is for the individuals who don't have high protein demands and they think that adding in all this extra protein is going to keep them healthy. Like that's the difference here. And I'm, I'm talking to those folks, like just yeah. letting you know, like um, as a kind and friendly reminder that it's, it's not needed and that's it. Like don't overthink it. You definitely don't need to be obsessed with tracking your protein intake unless you have to for whatever reason. But if you're getting a good variety every single day, chances are you're meeting your protein needs. We don't need as much as we think we do. So moral of the story seems to be, if you're a smart cookie, a smart protein-free cookie, feeding yourself and getting enough protein just is not that complicated. Bridget's take on how to get enough protein is as follows. I believe that the well and good community are smart ass, incredible humans. That's why they're here. That's why they're listening. They care about themselves. They care about their well-being. They're tuned in to that. And and throughout that, you have heard to limit the amount of processed foods, right? That's like a something you've definitely heard throughout your course of all the all the content consumption that is going on in this community. You know, limit the amount of processed foods. So, if an item says added protein or the protein cookie or the da, 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 da. if you know protein isn't generally in this item it's obviously a processed food you want to l- limit them even when they say added protein 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 keto friendly da, 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 it's still a processed food and we want to be limiting the amount of processed foods we take in i think everyone should be eating a good quality whole food i.e. naturally occurring, source of protein at every meal and snack. So I am someone who eats four times a day, breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner. If you follow that, then you're having protein four times. If you eat three times, if you eat five times, whatever that looks like for you, aim for a source of protein each time. I think that's your baseline. And then ask, what is your health goal? Are you trying to build muscle? If you're trying to build muscle, you're going to need a little bit more. What do you think the future of protein looks like? I would love protein to be consumed in their natural form, their natural habitat, if you will. I would love it if you weren't picking up a cookie for the protein of it, but you were picking up a cookie for the sweet treat of it. That would be that would be great. And you were eating the the egg, the fish, the edamame, the nut butter for the protein of it. I think market-wise, we're going to see protein is going to take on the CBD probiotic tilt a little bit more, right? So the same way CBD is in every canned beverage and probiotics are in all the random things, we're going to see protein pumped into more, more things foods that it's not naturally occurring in, right, i.e. processed. We're going to see those foods rise before we see them come back down. 
my hope and my goal is that for your listeners and for this community, look at it from two different lenses. One, is protein supposed to be in my water? Hmm, I don't think that it is. That's a process. That's a process thing. I'm going to step away from that. I'm going to have actual water and I'm going to eat the tofu. I'm going to eat the lentil soup instead for the protein, right? I'm going to have the salmon. So that question, is protein supposed to be in this? And then the other thing that I would love for your community to pay attention to are the like too good to be true health claims. And so like most things in wellness, there is no one size fits all to protein consumption. But chances are, if you are thinking about getting enough protein, you're probably getting enough protein. So find what works for you, just you, and stick with that. We all want to be our own special, unique, beautiful snowflakes. It's what we were taught growing up. It's how we identify. We are unique, beautiful, special creatures, except when it comes to our diet. When it comes to our diet, we want to be doing everything that everyone around us is fucking doing. We do not want our individuality. We do not want something that's designed specifically for us. We do not factor in our own uniqueness, our own lifestyle, our own health goals. We want to do what our roommate's doing, our girlfriend's doing, our boyfriend's doing, our mother's doing, our best friend is doing. We want to be anything but the special, unique snowflake that we fucking are. That is a problem because you really are. You really are fucking special and unique. And you deserve a lifestyle and an approach to taking care of yourself that is as special and unique as you are. It applies to how we consume protein, how we consume carbohydrates, how we consume fat, how we consume caffeine, how we consume water and hydrate, right? It applies to everything we put in our bodies, every single way that we choose to nourish ourselves and take care of ourselves. On today's show, you heard from Valerie Agabon, Yasi Anasari, and Bridget Zeitlin. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Helena Rosen, Abby Stone, and myself, Ella Dove, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.